deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Streetcast. It is a Harry Potter podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, what a what a week. We are here to collect some fucking accolades, I think. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, are we? Uh we were right. We 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 heard about the rumor. We heard about the theory that the fucking the, the lady, the snake was a lady the whole time, and we said that sounds stupid. It's probably true, and we were right. Yeah, like I you know, I didn't really you know, you have to take a stand with these fan these fan theories because mm-hmm. uh, because you are are rewarded with a, a incredible bounty from J.K. Rowling yeah. herself. No kidding. Um, we will be dedicating a whole segment later to unpacking just the Nagini stuff. I think because yep, it is bad. Oof. Uh, it is it, it is uh, maybe worse than I was expecting, honestly, um, even though I, I was kind of sure that this was the, you know, the, the way this reveal was going to go. Um, but we still have uh, the general broader Harry Potter news to discuss here, which is that the trailer, the final trailer for the third or the second Fantastic Beasts movie is here. And boy, howdy. I have a question. Mm hmm. When did movies start releasing multiple trailers? And by that, I mean, like, is this sort of thing that has always happened? Uh, and I was just not aware of it. Uh, because when I, I remember seeing trailers and it was like, okay, there's the trailer that you see in the theater, in like in front of other movies mm-hmm. in the previews. And then there's the TV commercial. Right. That is like a cut up trailer. Yeah, usually... Um... I think that the like trailer as event thing is uh-huh. relatively new in terms of like, I think it's like a product of like the social media age, right? Cause you can build a lot of buzz around having big trailers popping out. I think what it used to be was that you would see the teaser trailer, which was like the announcement that a movie was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember those two. Sure. And then there would be the main trailer and then the movie would be out. And then there'd be like you said, like TV spots. Right. Um, right. But yeah, this thing of like doing like a teaser and then a trailer and then another trailer, I think is mostly just like a product of the um, like you only see this for like big event movies. I think like Marvel movies do this. uh, uh, DC movies do this. uh, Star Wars does this. Um, I I think it's like it's just a way to like keep the buzz going longer. Yeah. can you imagine if there were three different uh trailers for lady in the water <laughs> yes oh well actually no i couldn't because the the one that there's exists all, there's is just so, one it is so <laughs> permanently engraved on my skull like lady in the water lady in the water it's just that uh, shot of the hallway for me did that trailer like, invent asmr did everyone get the ooh. get the tingle and then we're like, this is a thing. This is it. Uh, this is, this is it also. So thank you for one thing, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lady in the water. What a, what a, wait, 
we've said it before but but it is true we're gonna have to watch lady of the water at some point because what a fucking movie that is yeah uh but first we have to watch crimes of grindelwald which we got three trailers for is that Mm -hmm. right this is the third one and does that include the teaser trailer i think yeah i think that's still included but the the teaser was still a pretty long trailer that was the um that was the one that was like the started with the shot of like the the mountains and then it like oh it's it's hogwarts it was still like a minute and a half oh, it's long. dumbledore ah, yeah that's my i'm practicing for my reaction videos we've been watching <laughs> a lot of reaction videos and i always watch them and i just i i feel exhausted by them mm-hmm. uh, you know i don't think anyone is under the illusion anymore that reaction videos are like authentic oh god um, no i would hope not I, I mean i don't think they are um but i but i just like to kind of practice my reactions sometimes absolutely yeah it's a good skill to have if we ever want to branch into to youtube reactions right um but yeah third trailer um uh first one was like introducing dumbledore and it had the cute bird in it and didn't look very good and then the second trailer uh is the it's one the that had the fucking trailer the 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 bogart bullshit yeah um and those weird cats and then this trailer um well let's start from the top <laughs> i guess yeah sure uh what uh, happened in this trailer i i guess dumbledore is there and he tells tells newt that there's a safe house in paris we knew that he was going to france right yeah Nicholas Flamel's gonna be there. Ooh, I know that. See, this name. Is, I know that this character. Is my problem. This is this is my reaction. This is my authentic, my authentic real reaction. It's just a little a little bit bemused. Yeah, I would say bemused is like my feeling on this movie broadly so far. Yeah, right? I, I, guess, like, I guess we can talk about this. Pottermore has luckily, uh, you know, I don't have to do any work at all. Uh, they've laid it out 11 intriguing moments from the third Fantastic Beast, the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. And it appears to just be in order. Like it's it appears to just be the things that happen. So I'll just yeah, I, was gonna list, say, I think there are like 11 beats in the trailer total. Like. Perfect. They nailed it. Um, one is a safe house in Paris, which I mentioned. They're going to go to Paris. I think Nicholas Flamel is going to be there. Um, I think we were saying we hope the Niffler steals the the, the philosopher's stone and and like. Oh yeah, yes. Sorry. Sidebar. Can we can we put another official Shrieking Shack prediction here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Niffler is going to steal the philosopher's stone and stuff it in its little pouch. Towards the end of the movie, Newt or someone else is going to, like, get hit with a spell or a rock thrown real hard or something, and they're going to die. But it's going to be okay because they have the Niffler in the case, and the stone is nearby, and they're fine. That's great movie making. That's set up and payoff. We love that. Mm-hmm. We love that in our movies. Um, alternatively, I liked your other thing that might happen, which is that the Sorcerer's Stone, or the Philosopher's Stone, if you prefer, is just laying out, and, and Newt says well, what's that? And and Nicholas Fumel says like, oh, that's just an old rock, but then does an exaggerated wink at the audience. Oh, yeah. Well, and yeah, we that's all scream. Yeah, because we're all like, hey, I know that rock. I know that rock. We love it. We love that rock. We know it from our favorite book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two is Grindelwald's call to arms. We get kind of more of the, uh, the Grindelwald uh, discourse, I guess. He kind of makes a speech over the the trailer where he talks about how wizards you know aren't free mm-hmm. he has the elder be. wand he does he has the elder wand i think in that in in that shot where it's like a weird like spaghetti western shot where he's like holding a <laughs> wand out it's like it's like it's like butt level 
like he's about to quick draw. That's a very weird shot. But, um, um, also in that sequence, is he f- is 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 there some like decoy Grindelwald that he's fighting? Is that what's going on there? He's like stealing <laughs> yeah. a carriage, and like, is there like a polyju? Are we getting polyjuice again? Are we getting are we getting a Grindelwald on Grindelwald fight? Yeah, I sure hope so. Uh, that'll really uh, let Johnny Depp kind of flexes his acting two johnny acting Depp's. muscles two johnny oh, depps yeah. in one movie um, oh my god can you imagine them trying to explain that to him on set <laughs> yeah they, like, just, they just pipe it right into his earpiece <laughs> i can just imagine johnny Depp just getting really fucking confused like like wait what who am i who's who's this like like who's this person and they're like oh it's gonna be you we're gonna make it you in in, in special effects he's like no but that's not me i'm me yeah, do you think Johnny Depp knows what's going on in this movie at all? No, no, not at all. I mean, we saw him at Comic Con, right? And he just walked out and like gave that bizarre <laughs> speech. Like he doesn't. Johnny Depp doesn't know what's going on. Period. I, I, yeah, that's I that's fair enough. Um, number three is just Nagini. We're gonna talk about that later. Uh, yeah, put a pin is it in literally that, in the trailer? There's just like a whisper. It's like Nagini, and then a lady more turns into a snake. Nagini, the lady in the water. Lady um. In the water. Uh, four is the room of many questions, and it's just a. It's just a room. Descri- with it's just stuff. a room with some stuff on the wall, and I'm going to read the description. Uh, Tina is seen briefly in a lit up room covered in mysterious calculations, words, Ooh. and pictures of faces. This scene has cropped up in previous trailers before, but this is our clearest shot of it so far. Note the words Credence Barebone on the wall behind Tina and another name just above, Corvus Lestrange. We already know Lita Lestrange will feature prominently in the film, so who is Corvus? And how does that link to Credence? I'm going to guess since he was an <laughs> orphanage in the first movie, that's his relative. Is this, right? is this interesting to anyone? <sighs> instead of one stupid name he has a different stupid name i i just this whole thing it's like they're constructing an arg and i just don't give a shit at all <laughs> uh, I, uh also i i i hate to i hate to throw this reference at you sure. um but that room it's just the end of the first assassin's creed <laughs> J, I'm, i have a new theory that jk rowling plays minecraft in assassin's creed uh because because that room is just the end of the first game where desmond gets the eagle vision and walks in and turns it on and sees all the graphs and names on the wall so there's that for you that's a great reference i have to be honest i i never finished the first assassin's creed game i definitely got it because it was super hype and i played Mm -hmm. it for like an hour and hated it um Mm -hmm. and then i never and then i fair i just thought it was just really I just got sick of all the mechanics of it other than it's like jumping off of a building into a, into a pile of hay, just like kind of wore thin after mm-hmm. like an hour. So I never mm-hmm. played one again. And I keep hearing that the, the other ones are really great. So I'm, I'm There's going through, ones. I'm going through an Assassin's Creed Renaissance. Um, Ooh. So I'm, well, I that's, might, that's uh, appropriate. Cause the second one is set in the Renaissance. So there you go. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's what I should start with. Um, yeah. Probably not. I'd probably get the new one anyway. Uh, Assassin's Creed, way more interesting to talk about than this, but number five is, <laughs> is called Queenie's Foul Play. Uh, it's a shot of Queenie reaching out for a raven symbol. So, yeah. Ooh. Uh, should, should we. I, that, it's a symbol that she. It's a bird. bird. Also, uh, also, it points out that she looks sad. 
Yeah, new new acting range for Queenie in this one. Uh, we have in the first movie we had horny and confused, and now we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming we're gonna have horny and sad. Yeah. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. What's the rave? That's that's maybe the one actual question I have is what's the rave thing? It's gonna be like fucking. I don't know. It's probably in that same room as the Assassin's Creed room, so there's probably some other prophecy like, oh, when when Newt released that giant bird in the first movie that like activated some ancient Native American prophecy or some bullshit, right? Like, that's my theory. Well, yeah, it's- but that that wouldn't be real because it's because that's that's fake. That's fake stuff. It's not a. <laughs> that's right. Not I J.K. Rowling put her so, foot down on that one. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Don't don't even go there. Um, number six is the Great Hall. Um, it's the Great Hall at Hogwarts, so you might there know that is. one. You might, yeah, you might have heard you of that one. You might recognize the Great Hall. Um, there it is. Number seven is Young Dumbledore and Young Grindelwald, and it's the shot of uh, the Mirror of Erised, where Young Grindelwald is is uh, on the other side, and Dumbledore is like reaching out to the mirror and uh, touching his hand, which I have seen um, quite the response from Harry Potter uh, defenders. The Harry mm-hmm. Potter defenders that are like, see everyone, uh, you all thought that Dumbledore wasn't going to be gay in this one, and and now I bet you feel like a fool. And I just have one response to that, which is the only reason people thought that is because J.K. Rowling said that. Yeah. Also, they could have re- like this could be reshoots. Also, it's the mirror, right? Like, like they could put whatever they fucking want in there. They have computers like like these could be two completely separate shots that they put together, which is what <laughs> it felt like in the last trailer. There was that shot of like Dumbledore looking at the mirror of Erised and like Johnny Depp's head really badly like composited into it. So I'm still my money's still on that. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, like, we've been saying from the beginning that they were going to put something in here, right? Like the wistful look out the window or, mm-hmm. a, or a Mirror of Erised thing. So I I'm, I guess I'm just not going to give it too much credit. Um, also, like, that's not enough. I'm sorry. Like, like, like that. that's barely anything. That's that's the kind of shit you put in there when you it, it's it's the it's an inkblot test, right? Because everyone who's not <laughs> yes. like in the know is just gonna be like oh they're good friends or whatever like like at no point is dumbledore gonna say oh i'm in love with grindelwald or i was in love with grindelwald or no i love dick or anything like that he's just gonna he's gonna look wistfully and and anyone who knows will know and anyone who doesn't will just go i bet they're good friends you know like like it's it's a cop-out yeah it it sucks um uh number eight is more new magic uh so <laughs> this one references one of my, this one <laughs> this one references my favorite uh point from one of these other articles and it is remember Dumbledore's magic floating glove? Uh, I think we're the only people who loved his glove. Like we were we were <laughs> we were a big fan. We were big, big fans fan of, of that glove. I thought it was powerful magic, so I was really into mm, it. That's um, right. So this it points out and to be fair like there are like some cool visuals I think in the trailer the the one that they yeah. picked the picture of is of that like the black uh fabric floating up around like buildings like I think that I think there are some pretty neat visuals I yeah I will say like my one like positive takeaway I think from these trailers is that like um for as bad of a movie as this looks, I will say that I think that a lot of the like 
art direction and cinematography looks pretty good. There's a shot of um, Jacob and Newt walking on like a cliff face mm-hmm. that's really gorgeous. Um, uh, and like a, just a couple shots of like, oh, this looks like a real damn movie in some spots, you know, like there's some there's some that, I think that shot of like the fabric in the, the buildings is really striking, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kudos to them on that. It does look like a better visual movie than the first one which i don't think i remember any particularly interesting shots in yeah i I definitely have no uh, other like as far as visuals go i was i liked some of the the creature designs well enough but that was about all that that stuck with me um number nine is actually from the scene on the the cliff that you were talking about which is uh poor jacob tries out a port key so that is something that happened in the trailer yep Yep, it sure did. That did happen uh, <laughs> in the trailer. Thank you, Pottermore. <laughs> uh, number 10 is entitled Kappa Look at That because there's like a Kappa presumably in the shot with Newt. Wait, wait, hold. Is it the emoji? Is it the fucking, is it the no, Twitch emoji? No, it is not the Kappa, emoji. look at that. <laughs> what if it was though? Uh, I mean, you can... Uh, you can I mean this is there's a great like picture and it's like Newt is in the foreground and there's like a kind of translucent um kappa in the background. So I'm sure with uh, a couple minutes in, in Photoshop <laughs> that could uh that could happen. That we could make happen. this happen. Yeah. Uh so yep, yeah, that's this <laughs> this this point the Kappa one is very funny because it just lists all the the fantastic beasts that are in the trailer like it's an afterthought because it is because it is yeah there are not very many fans i like the lion thing i like yeah that was one of my favorite parts i like the i like the goofy expression the lion has it reminds me a lot of the never-ending story movie yeah dragon thing i can't remember what he is but uh, it reminds me of that and i like his like big cartoonish uh features um imagine how good (laughs) these movies would be if they were just about the fucking creatures adorable could have been adorable um number 11 is called oh brother because we see newt's brother theseus yeah there he so, is a very exciting character i can't wait to learn yeah about him uh, we we've already just as a refresh we have already predicted that his name is theseus because there's going to be a scene where newt says oh you've changed so much i don't recognize you anymore or something like that yeah do you think That's do you think theseus be. is going to be like a follower of grindelwald Ah. <sighs> Uh, yes, I do actually because um the Lestranges end up as Death Eaters, right? Um Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. True. So so I think I think that's a yes. And I think isn't he the one who's telling Newt you have to pick a side and Newt delivers oh, yeah. his heroic that's, that's my line. favorite part of the trailer. <laughs> his heroic uh, line. No, I don't do sides. Uh, Newt is the centrist hero that we deserve. Oh, thank you, JK. Finally, someone willing to go to bat for good old centrism. Great. Loving, yeah. loving that. Um, so, yeah, that's the trailer. Those are the 11 things that happened. Actually, you know, I'm surprised it didn't go 12 because there is one thing that happens in this trailer that I'm actually curious about that they did not mention, hmm. which is there's a part where they're like, I'm assuming in some kind of dream sequence or something because they're like seeing World War Two planes flying around. It's Are like, they? Did I miss yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It really it's like a fast? really fast. It's a really fast shot of like Newt and 
like a guy who looks like a like 1800s explorer i have no idea who he's supposed to be and i think um the new actress who's in uh i can't remember her name um but they're like they're like in like a i'm assuming it's a dream sequence because it looks like it's supposed to be like the bombing of london or something the blitz because they're like in a bombed out landscape and there's like warplanes flying around and unless this movie has a huge time skip which i don't think it does it has to be a dream like prediction sequence uh well that's great because they're well okay because there is supposed to be a prophecy um because i think i think it's lita lestrange they the the official twitter posted um like photo like pictures of all the characters with their names and they all came with like a little like title like they're champions in league of legends um and Lita <laughs> Le- <laughs> and Lita Lestrange um is like like something prophecy i will have to look it up um yeah so it's a really quick shot that. it's 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 just them standing around looking up at all these like world war ii fighter planes swooping around and i was like oh what's going on here um and i'm surprised pottermore didn't find that interesting maybe so, that's maybe that's related to the prophecy um yeah that sounds i, I did not know about the prophecy thing so that sounds right because it, it does look like it because they're just like standing there with planes flying around and it's like you'd probably be dead if you were actually there so i'm assuming it's a dream or yeah. prophecy or something well they are wizards though I wonder if that's Madame true. Hooch is in that shot. Oh, that's true. Madame Hooch, the fucking ace bomber. Yeah. So maybe that's just a little a little Easter egg for us. Maybe yeah. maybe they're they're listening to uh uh the Shrieking Shack. I'm scrolling on the Fantastic Beasts Twitter to try to find these pictures, but they're in the like middle of their 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 blitz. So there are just so many tweets to scroll through. <laughs> And they're all they are they all the pictures of JK meeting with YouTubers and stuff in 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 New York. It's just, yeah, there's some of there's some of that, um, but it's just like a lot of stuff. I feel like I might have I might have missed it. Yeah, maybe it was on the UK one because there are two. Oh, there are two. That's right. All those posters are are, are awful. By the way, the ones with the like these these like weird subtitles on. They've done something to the photos where they've like really sharpened all the skin and they all look like like video game characters or it looks like in mass effect where you zoom in way too close on someone and like their (laughs) skin textures are like way too detailed and kind of pixel it's very ugly i don't know why they've done this it's not flattering for any of the actors involved especially not the johnny depp one because it just looks like like what are you gonna do the damn moon like it's very scary uh so little estrange is implicated by prophecy is what it says oh that's and the prophecy hmm. might be world war ii that's good that's gonna be what i'm what i'm i'm putting out there that's my prediction <laughs> of course it is little strange starts world war ii great well should we talk about jk being in new york for the reveal of this trailer and stuff um yeah it, yeah it, let's it was, do that it was, it was a thing uh According to Pottermore, J.K. Rowling is a woman of many surprises. That is fucking true, honestly. Uh, you never you never can tell what she's going to do. Uh, and yesterday, New York-based fans got a wonderful shock when she turned up on the Today Show. Pottermore was there to follow the action and meet up with the cast of Crimes of Grindelwald for a day of celebration. So, 
she was in America. There's a lot of funny uh, videos. There's the one time, again, recently, I'm almost sympathetic towards JK. That Today Show interview is insane. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, with all the stuff that we'll talk about later with JK Rowling, um, I haven't been very sympathetic toward her, but it was hard for me not to just feel for her <laughs> up there. And she looked so uncomfortable. She had like her arms crossed. She was just like very guarded. Um, and I think like, I mean, they're like in the outdoor area on the Today Show, if you're yeah. familiar with that. And all of the hosts ask her a question. They're all just the dumbest questions I've ever heard. I don't think they even knew who she was. Um, I know they're being like fed information. Right. Uh, but it was a little bit of a, a flashback for me to the Katie Couric Harry Potter special. Oh, yeah. Like, it just the same, same energy. Same energy sure. of like I'm actually on JK's side for once. Yeah. Um yeah, there's like three people shoving microphones in her face. She says she said the the most like 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 damn mood thing, uh, which is <laughs> it's like, oh I have, you know, I have so many books I want to write. I hope I don't die. Like scared I'll die before I get it all out. Like, okay, everything wow. all right? Everything wow. all right, JK? Like, like, like me too, I guess. I don't want anyone to die. Um uh so that was very strange. But uh, then she took the opportunity to meet a bunch of YouTubers. And if you're listening to our bonus show, you might um, have some more context for this. But there are some. It's been very funny seeing all of the the Harry Potter YouTubers posting like all their selfies with J.K. Rowling in the middle of J.K. Rowling being in like the m- biggest Twitter shitstorm she's been in in a long time. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So so Tessa Netting, the uh, Harry Potter, the Queen of Harry Potter YouTube, meeting J.K. Rowling, the Queen of Harry Potter, is it's just it's such a it's a tableau. I love it. It's it's a lot. Meeting um, of the minds. We were not invited. Uh, I'm not offended, just disappointed. Um, uh, w- WB, what's the deal? Uh, let us know next time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll- I, I, I feel like we've been snubbed before, uh, snubbed again. Uh, these YouTubers like to uh, bring each other to the wizarding world of, of Harry Potter as well. And we haven't been invited to that yet. Um, so I don't know how we're ever going to try we, Butterbeer. I want, I, I so desperately, like the, apparently, I guess if you're, if you're some, you know, a Potter person of influence, you can um, get into the park. <laughs> early to film it like they just seem to do it for people and i feel like if we you know in, a, in maybe in a little while if, if we, our audience keeps building and growing we could maybe uh get get in get in and just maybe not tell them exactly what our show is see um, this this is why this is why i've been working on my reaction skills mm-hmm <laughs> So we can pretend, like, pretend that we <laughs> haven't seen all these videos and, like, all, both walk in and just go, like, oh, wow. Ah, oh, there are wizards here. Wow, get, get me the, some of that better beer. There's I don't some know how to make, I don't know how to make that at home. I definitely don't recognize that this is cream soda with butterscotch syrup in it. Uh. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! We can, we can we can take the same picture that everyone posts on the subreddit of the castle of like finally uh, had my dreams come true god um, i feel i you know i'm so glad people are, are excited that doesn't bother me uh 
literally every day someone is there with the identical photo of the mm-hmm. Hogwarts castle from the theme park and posted on the Reddit. And every time someone in the in the comments said, I wish I could try Butterbeer. <laughs> damn, cream soda! Cream soda, <laughs> folks. Cream soda. It's A&W. It's probably fine. It's like probably $8 to get it at, at, at Wizarding World. Just buy a damn cream soda and put this a little is- syrup in it. Like, that's what you do you get you get that cream soda you put that syrup in it uh and after after you drink that and you uh, you know are having that kind of sugar rush just take a shot of fireball and say mm, fire whiskey <laughs> so yeah so we need to like we need to start building our like portfolio of fake enthusiastic harry potter reaction videos to send to wb and let them say let them invite us to these events so we can get there and just like pretend that we're the next you know the at the next up-and-coming tessa nettings or, or something maybe we need like that... a trojan horse youtube channel <laughs> just like yeah we'll, we'll just like make make a, a separate youtube channel uh and just re- react only to trailers or maybe we'll like react to other youtubers reaction videos because that's a thing people do and that seems like easy content we just build a brand slowly as harry potter fans and then we can get invited there and then we can keep asking all of the people in robes hey this is florida are you okay (laughs) are you hot right now because they must be using a cooling charm Ooh! oh there you go yeah they'll probably yeah they probably get that question we're probably gonna be like the biggest assholes there if we if we do that yeah they probably get those questions every fucking day they're like yeah use a cooling charm fuck off (laughs) yeah maybe maybe we should get a summer job at the at the theme park oh we could be the we could be the be the wizards i want to be the in the frog choir oh yeah the frog choir is good uh we'd be the frog choir we could be um uh what's it what's her face singer uh celestina warbeck's backup dancers there's so many options yeah really there's a lot going on there um i'm glad we talked about this so long because it's just so fucking painful to talk about the crimes of grindelwald stuff (laughs) well don't worry we'll be back to the crimes of grindelwald stuff but i guess now is a good time to get into our reading in goblet of fire question mark yeah i think this might be the hardest like transition so far to the reading that i've ever had not like 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 difficult to transition but like mentally speaking Mm -hmm. uh going from uh the crimes of grindelwald trailer stuff to chapters three four and five of goblet of fire so i'm I, i i got nothing but i'm just gonna jump in go for it thanks this is chapter three which is called the invitation um this is all that happens in this chapter. Uh, it's breakfast. We learn that the Dursleys are on a diet. They're eating grapefruit for breakfast. Uh, they made Harry be on the diet too, but he's really cool and mailed his his friends that they they were putting him on a diet. And so they all sent him food and, and cake and candy uh, and all of that. So he's not, not suffering. And he's also not suffering because Vernon Dursley's super scared of Sirius Black he kind of like threatened that at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, but he pretty much gets to do what he wants this summer, which I think is kind of like the first time really that we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a knock at the door during breakfast. Vernon gets up to go answer it, and then he calls Harry into the living room. It was the 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 postman, and he brought the letter to the door because it's from 
uh, the Weasleys, and it's an invitation to Harry to go to the Quidditch World Cup with them. Uh, the reason the postman came to the door is because uh, the Weasleys didn't know how to send a letter, so they covered the entire envelope in stamps. Vernon is super pissed because it's it's weird, and he likes everything to be normal. He doesn't want to let Harry go to the Quidditch World Cup, but Harry kind of drops the, you know, oh, I'm sad, but I'll write to my godfather. And so that scares Vernon. And he says, OK, you you can go. After that, Harry goes back to his room to eat some cake because he you know, only had grapefruit for breakfast. And Pigwidgeon is there with a letter from Ron saying that they're going to pick him up five o'clock on Sunday, no matter no matter what. Uh, Harry's super excited to go to the Quidditch World Cup and it makes him not as worried about the the dream that he had had about Voldemort, if you remember that from our last last episode. Uh, and his scar doesn't hurt anymore, so he's just kind of kind of pretty pretty happy he's gonna go see some sports. And that's the end of that chapter. Uh, this I was not expecting because like obviously the, the page, like these are huge books. Um, nothing happens in these chapters. Like that's it. Yeah. It's kind of one scene. Um, we talked about this a little bit last week, but, uh, this week is just kind of cementing it. This is such a different format for this series already. I was not expecting this huge stylistic shift between three and four. I think like in the back of my mind, I kind of knew, I know I had said that, that in my head, I, separate kind of pre like prisoner of azkaban and the books before it and then four five six and seven as being separate um Mm -hmm. i i kind of thought that was more of a like subconscious or or subtle thing but the the extreme shift in the style that this story is told is is startling it's so weird like like we were at this point in um prisoner of azkaban we were talking about how like incredible it was how layered everything was and how many things were going on at a time and this is so much more single-minded uh Mm -hmm. like each chapter is just like its own subject and you just sort of get from point a to point b on that subject within the chapter and that's that yep this chapter is harry goes down for breakfast we get a little bit of exposition about the dursleys because we're seeing them for the first time he gets a letter he goes back up to his room like this would have been all all the second chapter in prisoner of azkaban probably like like everything in the in these last couple chapters um this chapter sucks i'm just gonna gonna throw this out there i cannot believe last week i offered faint praise for a slightly uh lower amount of shitty fat shaming um but then this chapter just unloads a double barrel shotgun of it in your face and it's not funny uh it adds nothing to the characterization uh it takes every opportunity to be as cruel as possible instead of at least offering some sort of like insight into the characters it is it is terrible garbage i hated it Yep, me too. I I think that there was some glimmer of good things in this chapter that were just utterly, completely ruined by the mean-spirited, uh, like, unacceptable bullshit that is it's it, The like, whole rampant. thing is mean-spirited. <laughs> like, all, uh, several, t- two of these chapters out of the three are just cruel in a way that I 
was taken aback by um first of all like i'm not against you know portraying a character as unhealthily fat and that being a problem for them right like you can write that story but it is presented in this fucking disgusting way where like it's all a joke it is all a joke about how like well they're mean so obviously they're ugly on the outside um and and there's like like it's just relentless it's like this bullshit thing about how like oh it's really funny because um he got a letter from the school and they don't make knickerbockers in his thighs anymore because he's so fat and there's like that fucking line about like oh he'd finally accomplished what he'd always been threatening to become wider than he was tall like fuck off like like just the most (laughs) craven shitty like mean-spirited descriptions of people um dehumanizing uh just just the fucking worst and like it it doesn't stop because like i this this chapters there were actually these two first chapters that we read but this one especially backfire so hard because they are so cruel from like the perspective they are told from is so mean and 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 shitty that I ended up sympathizing with the Dursleys, which I should not. Like there's no. no reason I should ever read these books and th- sympathize with the Dursleys. But the perspective is so um crass and and dehumanizing and 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 just awful um yeah. that I ended up being on their side cuz like Harry is lording it over Vernon um and being a little shit about like like writing to his godfather and stuff and like he's too cool for their diet because he's because he's a cool protagonist who wrote to his friends and they they're (laughs) thin and cool and good guys and they sent him lots of junk food like and no repercussions for him i guess because he's a good person and not a bad person who if you eat food you get fat like just awful yeah you know This this was surprising to me because I, uh, you know, one of the things that I was anticipating going back and reading these books again um, was this. And I was I was like, this is going to be really bad. Uh, And then when I read one, two and three, yep, there was there was some bad stuff in there. Um, but in the way that it felt dated, almost, I would say, like, I was like, this is dated and it's lazy uh this is a this is taking this is like her borrowing tropes not interrogating them uh maintaining the status quo of yeah you know of of all of that um overall i came i came away pretty positively from from most of the dursley chapters in one two and three they were some of mm-hmm. my favorite stuff overall there it was like there were some questionable lines that took me out of it a little bit where i'm like that seems cruel but but mostly like just kind of maintaining shitty attitudes uh this revels in it like this is just like is it's awful i can't i i'm i'm a little bit in shock that it was like T- time to to kick it up from just uh, like again like maintaining the status quo of these like shitty tropes that that come up and and like kicking them into the high gear um in a way that makes me not like Harry's character um it's it was a little bit shocking to me i w- i was yeah. not i was not expecting this <laughs> yeah it's um 
it's the underpinning of the chapter it's the whole theme is that like dudley is too fat and he sucks and like that's it that's the entire thing um and there's like this it's it's like a triumphant or it's like feels like it's meant to be like a triumphant victory lap for harry right like yeah now harry can get what he wants from the dursleys because he he can threaten them with his his uh his godfather um which i think like i can see where that might be an appealing premise it's like oh he's he's had such a shitty life for these people for so long um and like like any opportunity to like like get back at them would make for really interesting storytelling and be kind of cathartic and like i can see that that working but the way that it comes across here like i said backfires and just like suddenly kind of puts me on the dursley side because harry just comes across like an evil little bastard in these these. (laughs) yeah uh Uh, and you know like like this that was kind of my theory or or takeaway from this is is like you said i think this is it reads as if it is supposed to be a cathartic like like a, a victory lap for Harry. Um, and there were little moments of that in the Dursley stuff in one, two, and three. Um, but it, there was also a setup. There's no setup here. It is all punchline. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it is a, it is like, you know, okay, you're reading the fourth book. So you already like the setup is already established. I disagree. I don't, I do not think that is the case it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel that way i don't feel like it is adequately set up even if it was the level of cruelty here is way overboard for any potential like cathartic kind of also like like the okay the the weight of the dursleys is pretty fucking incidental to the things i think are actually bad about them right like the things that suck about the dursleys are they are they are hyper conservative uh new money normies right like 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 that is the that is what makes them bad like if this chapter was them talking the because like there's stuff that we loved about of azkaban where like you know vernon was like watching the news and going like oh they should throw all the criminals into the ocean or whatever like you know just like like yeah hilarious stupid um you know dumbass tory bullshit and like it's not harry like refuting any of that or going like getting one over on their like awful behavior it's just him being mean about their physical appearance and like there's a part of it that like almost ties into where it's like i i understand that with dudley it's like um he's supposed to be like gluttonous right and like you know the the, they're always spoiling him with ice cream and and treats and stuff and it's like that's still separate like from right from how this feels like and also dudley's a child that's not really his fault like him being in a shitty environment where they like stuff him full of junk food all the time like i feel kind of bad for dudley being this unhealthy i don't want to like get one over on him for it you know it's just weird no yeah and and like i i said a a little bit earlier that i think that there is like a glimmer of like good stuff here that is that is overshadowed by by all of the the bad things that the one thing i did like and worked for me like in a vacuum is when 
uh, Petunia was talking about how Dudley is bullying other kids at school, and they just and oh, they yeah. are they are refusing to acknowledge it, right? Like yes. that to uh, oh, me he, he, is much yeah, more he's just boisterous. like yeah, right. They, they say that it's like oh well, boys will be boys stuff. Um, I liked when. Uh, the invitation from the Weasleys arrived and Vernon got really embarrassed and and mad about the mm-hmm. like goofy mailman coming to the door. Like here is that good, good Dursley stuff that I like uh, completely ruined. Uh, like it's I can't, like I can't even, yeah, it is. And I can't, uh, I can't enjoy it when it's surrounded by what it is. So, yeah, I just, I don't sympathize with Harry. I, I, am actively repulsed by the attitude that this this chapter has it's just this was all around a stinker for me um i think the one saving grace is i I do think that ron's letter is funny i do think that the the like if if they say yes we'll be there at five o'clock on sunday if they say no we'll be there at five o'clock on sunday like i I did i I did like that like yes there's some funny stuff in here but overall just woof yeah um I can't really think of anything else that happens that is worth talking about in this chapter. No. Um, the se- the next chapter is pretty much more of the same. So should I jump into that? Let's do it. Let's do the next one. Okay. Chapter four is back to the burrow. It's Sunday, which is when the Weasleys were going to come pick him up. Uh, the Jerseys are super anxious. Wizards are going to come to their house. They they don't know how they're going to arrive. Harry tells them that he thinks like maybe they're going to bring a car, but he hadn't really thought about how they were going to show up. Vernon is wearing a suit to look uh, intimidating and and cool. Uh, Dudley is uh, Dudley is like traumatized throughout and is is hiding his bottom because last time he met a wizard, he got a pigtail and had to go get surgery. The Weasley Weasleys are late. Uh, the the Dursleys get kind of like anxious and upset. Where are they? Um, they're kind of looking out the window for like a car, but they hear noise coming from the living room. Uh, it turns out the Weasleys have flewed to the Dursley's house, but their fireplace is boarded up with an electric fire in front of it. So they're stuck behind the electric fire. They end up blowing up the Dursley's wall and, and Fred and George are there. Uh, and Mr. Weasley, now Harry goes, uh, to like, to like get his stuff. Uh, Fred and George kind of like sneak away to go and see Dudley. Um, they also accidentally on purpose drop a candy on the ground. We kind of go back to Harry and, and Mr. Weasley. Uh, Harry is is going to leave and, and Mr. Weasley has a moment where he says to Vernon like, oh, you're not going to say goodbye to your nephew. And he kind of forces Vernon to, to say goodbye. As Harry is about, I think Fred and George go through the fireplace, but as Harry is about to, to get ushered through to leave, uh, there's a scream and Dudley has eaten the candy that Fred and George dropped on the ground and his tongue has swelled up and is like four feet long. Uh, Petunia is screaming. There's chaos. Vernon's Mr. Weasley kind of jumps in and is like, "All I can fix it. It's just a simple engorgement charm or whatever. It was the candy. My boys, they're pranksters. And so he tries to like fix it. But Vernon thinks he's like attacking him. Like don't do magic here and starts throwing stuff. It's just like chaos. Uh, Mr. Weasley then sends Harry through the flu and says that he'll sort out the Dursleys. And that's the end of the chapter. This one's better. I wouldn't say it's good. Um, I, 
appreciated the image i i do like the imagery at the beginning of this chapter at least gets back at the essence of what i enjoy about the dursley chapters the image of vernon sitting in his living room in a suit is really funny um and like just this like like this tableau of like like worried petunia uh like suited up vernon and like like nervous dudley i think is like a really fun image yeah, um, I, I, uh, I think I wrote in my, because I, like, take notes in my book, and I think I wrote next to Vernon's, like, description of the suit to look intimidating. It's like he's uh, in his own living room wearing a suit to own the libs. It was just, <laughs> sort of, like, the vibe that I got from that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, like, I like that a lot, and I like the the conversation that they have about like oh like maybe the traffic's bad or like are they taking a car like like that was very funny um so that's like the that's like a brief moment of like oh yeah i do like the dursley content usually um and then they blow up his living room and once again i'm kind of on forced to be on vernon's side like yeah i don't think we're supposed to right that's no right (laughs) i really don't think so I don't remember. I mean, um, kids have no empathy. Sorry, that's not true. Uh, Kids (laughs) have a less developed um, empathy centers, I think. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't remember being on Vernon's side reading this as a kid. But as I read it as an adult, um, this whole scene is outrageous to me. (laughs) They blew up his wall. Like... I'm sure, you know, he's going to fix it or whatever with magic, but, like, until... Like, Vernon doesn't know that, and, like, like, also... He hates magic. This 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 wizard's shitty kids are torturing his son. Like, like, all of this is terrible. Yeah, I, I just... I'm so soured by, like, the, the chapter before, and then this just seems... Again, it's like the the comeuppance that they receive, but there's literally no setup for. Um, they really ham up Dudley's being traumatized by Hagrid, um, mm-hmm. and then it just seems in a way that just isn't funny to me. I'm just like, oh, he's just going to get re-traumatized by these stupid, stupid fucking Paul brothers in his house, um, right? Yeah, it's like epic, epic ten ton tongue prank. Um, I, I just don't like it. And then there's this like weird scene in the middle where, where Mr. Weasley says to Vernon, like, you're not going to say goodbye to your nephew. And, and the scene that I'm like, their, their living room is blown up. And even Harry said, like, thinks to himself as he's narrating this is like, I don't think Vernon likes being told about manners by a wizard that just blew up his living room. And I'm like, like, yeah, fucking me neither. (laughs) Yeah, that that was weird. And also that scene, like, that feels like almost like it was a rewritten scene. Because that feels like a serious moment. Mm-hmm. Like, Arthur and Molly, you know, they clearly love Harry a lot. But, like, he's not Harry's father figure, you know? And that was a really odd, I felt like that was a really odd scene to give Arthur, I think. Yeah. It is. Um, uh, it, it just like kind of like it wasn't bad. It just kind of like fell out of place because I don't. Maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I don't think they're ever that close in that way again. Um, uh, like you know, or, or why Arthur would care. Um, 
to like argue with harry's muggle uncle just it, it, it's a little odd um the main thing here like fred and george offering to go get harry's bag so they can quote sneak a glimpse at dudley has all kinds of shitty implications which again just make me hate harry again because if they know about dudley and they want to like see him to believe him or whatever like the the implication is that, like harry is like written letters to them or like told them at school like oh yeah dudley he's fat like he's so fat dude like like is that what harry is that what harry hates about dudley like is that is that really the problem it's this is just 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 a mess yeah. i really i really hate all of this um yeah. and you know and and the the crux of the joke of this chapter is that and and then and the next one is that fred and george didn't give him the candy they dropped it and he's so fat that he just couldn't help it right yeah uh, we didn't give it to him and yeah it's it's shitty i've been a fred and george defender up until this point i really liked them but like this is just a this is this ain't it this is bad yeah um so yeah this is a disappointing start to this book <laughs> i know really we have, i know we have one more chapter left i think that these two are the worst of them for sure so oh, yeah. far I, I like the next one for the most part um there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff in it and like i'm really hopeful for the stuff after this in case people are worried that we're just going to be talking like this for the whole book um i'm really looking forward to like the quidditch world cup stuff for the most part um but for, is... for the explanation of the rules of quidditch right oh yeah i'm really that's the main thing i'm really looking like this book is really long and i'm hoping that that means that jk got a real long runway to tell us exactly what the rules of quidditch are because we don't yeah. really know have we gotten no. the rules of quidditch no yet? and you know i you know i'm i'm bothered by all this the stuff that's going on in these chapters but the whole time i'm like yeah but what are the rules of quidditch what are the rules of Quidditch? We I just, just don't know. know. Um, shall I jump to the... <laughs> oh, I have one more thing to say about this chapter. One yeah, more yeah. one more stupid thing that makes me mad. Uh, I think it's extremely fucking rude to hook up someone's fireplace to the flu network without asking. Yeah. Oh, okay, I will, I will say I like... I like the picture of Arthur we're getting as a government employee in that he kind of doesn't give a fuck like yeah like he he, he got to he, the, the 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 way he got the tickets sounds a little under the table um he says that he's not supposed to hook muggle houses up to the flu network but like don't worry about it he'll he he just took care of it he had the flying car i i kind of like that he's just sort of this like well, I work at the government, which means I can just fucking do whatever. I don't know. Like, like he's irresponsible and kind of self-serving in a, in a funny way, at least. I think it's like good characterization for him. But you're totally right. It is a the implications of that are insane. Right? I, like, I, I think that this that that aspect of it would work for me in any other tone of chapter other than these ones. Yes. This, in, in this in this instance, it just makes me angry. Yeah, well, it just adds to the the like feeling sorry for Vernon, right? Yeah, like he, yeah, it's just it's, another uh, thing that Arthur's doing that's like abjectly shitty. Yeah, um, and and like also, I I Arthur's like portrayal is like the the ministry officer that doesn't like give a fuck and like kind of 
um, does whatever he wants. Um, I do want to try to keep that in mind going forward, since there's going to be a lot of uh, commentary about uh, the government. But I don't think oh, that yeah. I don't think that Arthur ever kind of is seen as as that. Like I, I think it's it's very much like that classic like jk rowling where it's like oh he can do what he wants but he's he's good though so it's okay yeah he's the good guy he we yeah like, like it's okay though. for him yeah yeah because like i i like it from a characterization perspective yes not I, I like yeah it's not moral i don't think it's correct you no, know but no I, no i appreciate his character in that way but yeah i think you're right i think that when when we get to the later books and it's like uh the it's bad like, actors on a, are making on the system second. bad <laughs> yeah it's like well okay arthur weasley is like the definition of a bad actor within the government government because he just does whatever the fuck he wants like yeah all that right. is definitely looming anything else for chapter four no let's go to the, the let's go to the good chapter out of these yeah the, so this, the most good chapter yeah so this is chapter five weasley's wizard wheezes um looking forward to having to say that a bunch i'm just gonna call it <laughs> the world wide web um harry arrives at the weasleys and they have a good old laugh about dudley he meets uh charlie and bill uh charlie is kind of like described as looks looks a little outdoorsy he has like calloused hands so harry's like oh he's the one that works with dragons and then bill is very cool harry had always imagined him looking like percy because he had been like head boy and stuff and then he meets him he's like oh damn he's got long hair and a cool earring uh so yeah they they all stand around they tell the story of dudley and then i have this like picture of them like cartoonishly throwing their head back and laughing uh arthur arrives and is super pissed at fred and george and kind of yells at them and says you know i work in muggle relations and you are compromising everything we worked for we work for uh, blah 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 but molly overhears uh, Arthur saying that and says like, "Oh, what did Fred and George do?" And it becomes apparent that Arthur wasn't going to tell tell Molly what happened. Uh, and Molly is super pissed and uh, kind of name drops Weasley's wizard wheezes. Uh, Hermione is there. I forgot to mention that. Sorry, uh, Hermione. And the book also, nearly did too. To no, yeah, uh, Hermione and Ginny are there, uh, and that's when they get. I think Hermione ushers Ginny, Ron, and Harry to kind of go upstairs because Molly's going to yell at fred and george so they go upstairs and uh jenny explains to harry what weasley's wizard wheezes is which is um uh, fred and george have been inventing joke items like prank prank stuff and they created order forms and we're going to start their their kind of business selling those but molly found out and got really mad and wants them to get a, a ministry job like arthur and burned all their order forms and doesn't want them them doing that anymore uh percy comes out of his room and we find out that he's kind of working he's really enjoying his government job and wants to talk all about some kind of boring bureaucratic thing about cauldron bottoms and he also name drops his boss uh mr crouch and there's kind of a a little joke where they're like oh when are he he's always talking about mr crouch when's he gonna marry him um sounds like fred and george are done being yelled at so the, the kids all go down back downstairs to help help with dinner molly is is mad and kind of is is ranting uh near them talking about how fred and george are wasting their talent and and on and on and on uh it's dinner time the kids have kind of moved and set up tables outside and it's just like a, a beautiful summer night and there's kind of the description of all the food and it's it's very cute and they all sit down to have dinner together 
uh, and they talk about the Quidditch World Cup. We we learn that it's uh, Ireland and and Bulgaria. We get some kind of background, uh, non important stuff about about you know what happened in the Quidditch season. Uh, Ludo Bagman gets his his name dropped as being the one that gave uh, Arthur the tickets. I think. Um, mm-hmm. And also the the kind of big reveal is that uh, Percy says, well, Ludo Bagman's not that good. Someone in his department is missing Bertha Jorkins. And if it, if it were Mr. Crouch's department, he would go find her. So we, we the astute Harry Potter sleuths that we are, remember Bertha <laughs> Jorkins from chap- the Frank chapter, uh, where, yes. where uh, you know, Voldemort killed her. Um, and that's pretty much the end of the chapter. This is a lot better. This still has some stuff, but this is at least the ship is writing a little bit here. Yes, I think we we almost um, we nearly capsized, but yeah. we're uh, we're correct. We're course correcting a little bit. Yeah. Um. I, I. I. Can we? Let's get the worst stuff out of the way. Sure. Um. Uh. Fred and George are little terrorists. Yep. Uh. And uh they are they are jake and logan paul and molly being portrayed as like a shrill in this situation sucks because aside from burning the order forms and like not encouraging them sure to you know find something like like, that's not great but like everything else like she's genuinely worried for them and they are being shitheads like like yeah they suck yeah um they just uh essentially poisoned someone the chapter before and we'll face no consequences because they're wizards and they have power over muggles. Uh, so mm-hmm. they can pretty much do whatever the fuck they want. Um, and and Molly isn't isn't very happy about that and also yeah. wants them to go do something else. Uh, this to me, like it is written in the way where I think I'm supposed to think that Molly is is shrill and and wrong um but in my mind when when fred and george are like we're gonna open a joke shop to me my brain just like puts that through a filter to our real world and it's like mom and dad we're gonna be prank youtubers (laughs) we're Fortnite streamers now oh well you know maybe that should be your hobby but maybe Uh don't maybe don't put everything on on that one yeah um i also uh, hermione basically exists in the same sphere to like be disapproving of the boys in this it's very this has a lot of boysly boys including um arthur scolding them and being like pretty right like he touches on some like kind of correct things but it all has that that tone of like boysly boys like oh molly doesn't have to the molly doesn't have right. to know i will do yeah like, mom doesn't have to know that you just... that you nearly poison some yeah you're, that you're torturing muggle kids yeah and um, hermione's like i i don't like that you're torturing people and it's like stupid hermione yeah not the looming <laughs> spew chapter is getting scarier and scarier it's uh, it's on the um, horizon we we've course corrected our our ship here uh but we're as we as we began to sail forward i see uh-huh. that the the sun is setting and and spew is is fast approaching <laughs> Um, but moving on to the better stuff, I love the Percy conversation. Oh, me um, too. <laughs> both, both the one that they have like outside his room, um, and, and the one at dinner. But the one, just going in order, um, his thing about the cauldron thickness is so funny. Uh, that is that is a 
that is like it is a perfect choice for like something that probably is important but the (laughs) way he talks about it is very funny to like everyone who like isn't immersed in that like sort of law you know yeah it's um, it's really good uh and and i think it is clever to lampshade this character who is like really clearly name dropping important things for the plot (laughs) as a character who is being annoying and name dropping right like yeah i think that's pretty cute it is clever i feel like um she's learned from prisoner of azkaban because i think prisoner of azkaban did a really good job of of uh putting clues in like Mm -hmm. scenes that were otherwise characterizing um, yeah and and wasn't just a a glaring spotlight of um you know i i'm i reminded of of Ginny and chamber of secrets when she would show up to to say a clue and then leave like <laughs> yes it, yeah, it doesn't is, have that things are so much better than that now yes um but yeah i i, I think percy gets some of the best characterization here he's very very funny um bill and charlie are also very fun um, uh-huh. i like their introduction uh i will say I think it is very funny and telling that that <laughs> in 1999 or 2000 or whenever J.K. Rowling wrote this, you know, was working on this stuff, that her idea of like a cool rock concert guy is someone with a long ponytail and earring and cowboy boots. Like hell yeah. <laughs> like like just just like oh right like she's probably thinking about like cool hair metal guys from when she was you know in her 20s like early 20s or whatever so but like that is funny. just such a funny image of like wow badass badass bill is here uh he's <laughs> he ready has like a he's dragon to... tooth earring and long yeah. hair <laughs> it's just very uh uh cute it's just a cute like like revealing thing about the the author and like the time this was written right like 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 she's about 10 years behind 20 years behind what would be like <laughs> modern and cool at the, I, at the point of writing and, i 100 would be too huh oh I, yeah I, but but also <laughs> Can you imagine if she had like caught up and like had had like written Bill as like a um a new metal guy or something who would be like actually cool in the 2000s? God. <laughs> like oh Bill Bill Weasley uh he was wearing uh thick uh uh Jinko jeans uh, <laughs> a shirt that went to his knees and had a picture of Taz the Tasmanian Devil on it but wearing a hat and holding a gun. Uh, and his hair was uh, really short and spiky and blonde at the top, uh, and he was wearing a choker. <laughs> like, like that would be, that would Hell be like yeah. cool rock concert bill uh, in, yeah. in 1999. No, that would be if I was writing uh, my book now and was trying to write a cool, like, cool character. I would probably just describe Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. That would be that would be my <laughs> Billy. He's, he's like he's wearing a, a black button-up shirt and a thin red tie and has skinny jeans on cool okay, here i'm gonna th- <laughs> i'm gonna throw this one at you sure. uh billy joe billy joe weasley oh yes thank you i love it i'm so into it <laughs> um <sighs> can we talk about bill's job yeah what what the, okay he, he gets here. treasure uh yeah so um let me 
uh, the, you're the world building expert here. Okay. Give me give me the optics on um, the bank who employs people to rob pyramids for treasure. <laughs> not great. I'm gonna say <laughs> no. I'm gonna say that's not great. That, that's what. That's my like. Right. Like those are. That's me putting the pieces together. Here is uh, Bill Cursebreaker Egypt describing bringing tr- gold back to the bank right yeah there's uh, there's Not, no that's it right it's like cursed pyramid yeah he's like he's, a tomb raider yeah like like yeah not it doesn't 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 sound great uh you know yeah i don't know if it, do they really get into it in the book no uh, no I, this? I think yeah. it's just like a little a little thing which i i don't mind so much i'm just but yeah just if you think too much one. about it it's like wait a second like like his i mean there, there, there's tons of that right and it's it's hard to gauge how intentional it it, it it is like the the thing about cauldron thickness like i i think it's interesting that it's framed as like oh there's all these foreign cauldrons that are coming in that are too thin and it's like okay we're thinking about this we're thinking about bill's job who i guess is to like raid tombs and get gold for the bank uh and then we also have all the lovely stuff with um uh flying carpets being illegal in england it's like okay was this intentional or were you just sort of like picking things and not really thinking about the context yeah i i feel i feel like this is a this is just more of maintaining the status quo of cutesy cutesy little things that are maybe not so great yeah um it wouldn't um, bother me so much if this wasn't the week that we found out nagini was a human woman yeah right yes, sorry i'm just gonna keep so saying much... that throughout it's it's a looming a looming omen the big snake human woman mm. um <laughs> uh uh i like the dynamic of bill and charlie as like sort of cooled down fred and george in a weird way like i like their table fight yeah they're doing mm-hmm. um I like their sports argument. Uh, yep. um, all that stuff is 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 great. I think. I, I think the whole the whole thing with them talking about sports and stuff at the end was just a nice dose of like, oh, I really like it when we get into like wizard culture. Yeah, I I continue to like everything surrounding Quidditch more than I like Quidditch. The cute little yes. like summary of the sports season that doesn't matter at all but it's just kind of setting setting the tone for this like family dinner out in the back garden it's just like a it's a co- mm-hmm. it's a cozy moment and, and it's such, it's it's a great it's a very real conversation the like oh you know bulgaria has has crumb and he's such a good player and then someone else going like yeah but ireland has 12 great play like like that's just such a real sports conversation that you can over here any day like mm-hmm. talking I, to anyone you I, know like, i liked i liked that england got knocked out against like an embarrassing opponent oh they got knocked out against uh luxembourg mm-hmm. which i have to double check but i don't think luxembourg okay luxembourg does what am i thinking of are you thinking of transylvania because that's I'm also always name thinking about transylvania <laughs> <laughs> anyway i i thought that was a really yeah a really cute conversation like like oh england got knocked out again a cute family scene and then once again percy is there to like drop the important names in a really funny on the nose way mm-hmm. yeah uh molly conjures sauce out of her wand <laughs> <laughs> thank you i was like i was like what else is there uh had to had to drop that one what do you, what do you think of that <laughs> 
uh, other than that, that great initial cool. reaction. That would be pretty cool if you could just like get the perfect amount of sauce out of. Oh, I can't say this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a cream sauce, also. Oh my god! Come on, it is. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, no, it would be pretty cool. Do you think that they can do that? Like, like, what are the rules with food and magic? I don't know. Because that's the thing is like, okay, can you not conjure an apple? But it's like, okay, we are we are without food on this deserted island. Um, uh, don't worry, I can conjure cream sauce from my wand, but nothing, nothing more <laughs> Just like squirting cheese whiz out of a <laughs> wand, like into your mouth. <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah like like is it (laughs) is is the rule that it just has to be like not solid food like like is it okay if you can just like conjure gogurt in the middle of class or something i think they can can conjure water i think that's established um i don't know how i feel about going from uh the making fun of dudley chapters to the wizard house where we we conjure cream sauce out of our wand (laughs) come on well because because they're they're good guys oh yeah i I forgot Um, yeah so they they can can eat whatever they they want and stay thin can squirt as much cheese sauce into their mouths (laughs) as they want (laughs) just double fist like get like give me your one just double fisting two flavors of gogurt into your mouth like (laughs) like the wizarding world is is truly a magical place yeah it's like edward 40 hands and you tape your wand to your (laughs) to your hands and you just have to just just eat as much cheese whiz as you can can, can is that like oh no is that like how wizard alcoholism works like you take the bottle away from someone but they're like oh i could i still got my wand like is that like is that like a well drink if you shoot it out of your <laughs> wand like i'm just gonna drink the shittiest rum i have out of my wand Ugh. yeah that is how it is <laughs> a wand is a wand okay so here are the things that wands are wands are guns uh wands are swords and wands are a coke freestyle machine that you can carry around in your pocket (laughs) jk rowling she's just so creative (laughs) she's the queen (laughs) it's just some really incredible stuff it just gets my my imagination going there's so many sauces and drinks that you can shoot out of a wand Uh, yeah <sighs> well that's Good. all i've got for this chapter yeah this was a much better chapter but really this whole run-up these two episodes has just been me like wanting to get to the port key and the the quidditch campsite stuff because i remember that just being all this sort of like wizard normal slice of life stuff i um, yeah i, I never i, I never thought it. we'd be here at the at the street cast saying please Please take us to Quidditch. Please take us to Quidditch, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> we Squirt need Quidditch. the Quidditch sauce into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, okay. There you have it. I think this is a good place to end it because now we need to talk about Nagini, who is a snake, who's actually a human woman. Sounds After good. The break. Talk to you then.
welcome back. Nagini the snake is a human woman. Nagini is a human woman. Nagini, who is a snake, uh, is a woman human. Um, that's that's the that's the news for you. Yeah, uh, it's pretty incredible that that we're able to do a Harry Potter podcast um, in this year. Uh, and in the middle of our reading, the, the, the snake character from now on, when we read it, it's like, oh, that's a human woman. The snake uh, who is Dumbledore, I was about to say Dumbledore, <laughs> who, is, who is Voldemort's slave <laughs> is a human woman. Right. Uh, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> I got I got nothing. This it's is so the, this is so stupid. so absurd. Um I know we predicted this, so I shouldn't be surprised and I'm not really um this is that the the tweet the you know the JK Rowling spins a wheel Hagrid joined Isis. Like I can't Right. It's self-parody i mean i think she was already at the point of self-parody in some ways but this is like beyond this is this is such a dumb idea on so many levels that she clearly after years of people badgering her about it i'm sure clearly does not understand what the problem with this tactic is right like no like she took so much heat for the dumbledore thing she took it for the lupin thing she took it for the um, the Hermione stuff when she, like, all of a sudden started claiming credit for, like, well, I never said Hermione was white, which, like, fuck off. Like, <sighs> um, you know, she's she's gone through this so many times and clearly will not stop. And now Nagini is a human woman. Yeah. Uh, Nagini, let me let me go through the things that I think of when I think of Nagini from the Harry Potter books, which is all I know because I don't know her as a human woman until now. <laughs> um, she kills Snape, makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, she kills Bertha Jorkins, maybe. Yep. Um, she hides in a corpse. Yep. In the seventh book and scares scares them. Um, ah, Vol- Voldemort takes her venom to to like make a potion to be strong and get his body back um so uh i don't know if i'd go so far as to say like nagini the snake character you know like i'm not saying that she's not i mean like she is a, a character in the books but i wouldn't say that she's a character you know what i mean Nagini is a cool monster yeah she's she's the villain's monster she's the villain's pet monster right um it's yeah it is it is this has been going on for years now but like jk rowling just loves to take credit for one saying that everything she she says has actually been planned for 20 years which is just so blatantly not true i think this is (laughs) this is the case where it is most blatantly not true um uh i mean the actually maybe the hermione thing was worse um because what she should like when okay rewinding a bit i guess like we should provide some context to like why this is like such a an a um a thing for jk to do so number one she says in 2010 or, or maybe it was even later than that that like oh actually dumbledore was always gay 
yeah. and there's that amazing quote from her where she said, wow, if I had expected that, that I expect people to like it so much, I would have said it way earlier, which, hmm. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, uh, cause surprise, he, he does not, that does not come up at all in the book. It does not matter. It's almost as if she decided to make it up later to keep it relevant. Um, then, uh, the other, the next big one after that, I think was that, um, that uh, Lupin and werewolves were supposed to be a metaphor for the AIDS crisis, um, which is probably the most believable one because I, I, is it is a very muddled metaphor. Um, yeah, I think there's like I think there's definitely a a valid read of mm-hmm. that. Um, I, I don't think it like is a a to the letter kind of read, but I think that there is like probably a a valid and and good reading of some aspects of that um where I, I can i can see it right sure i i have a hard time imagining that she sat down with that in mind mm-hmm. um but you know i can't really know what she had in mind so sure yeah uh next was when the cursed child cast was announced and hermione was being played by a black actress and there was some questioning and you know uproar over that and the thing that pissed me off about this was not that they cast, you know, that's awesome. Sure, go for it. The problem was that she then tried to basically kind of surreptitiously hint slash take credit for just like, you know, Dumbledore being mysteriously gay, uh, uh, Hermione being black the whole time. Um, instead of just saying what is would have been true and perfectly viable, which is who cares? Fuck you. You know, like, like, like if you will not see a Harry Potter play because a black actor is in it. That says a lot more about you than the play, but she had to make it about how actually she had always uh, had a like strong central black character in the series, which is just a lie. Like, yeah, completely. Um, uh, Hermione is never described as black. She is never, uh I, I like i think she is described as pale several times in the in the books right like it's not even like an ambiguous thing really I, I could be wrong there but like every character who is who is not white in the harry potter series is described as such we get you know we know uh immediately that dean thomas is black we know that lee jordan yep. is black like we are told that immediately because in yeah in, and that, in, that we wouldn't be told in seven books with a main character yeah i i just i just don't i just don't understand like it, it it's it's a weird trying to take credit when you know this casting was made and she could have said you know that's really cool i like that people yeah are are interpreting the character that way and i think yes. it's great instead of being like oh that was me the whole time actually. right exactly yes yes like like just claiming credit for stuff for work she did not do um, for characters she did not write. Uh, and then here we are. Here we are in the year of our Lord 20 and 18. Mm, mm-hmm. Nagini, the snake, is a human woman. Uh, a human woman. Human woman. Uh, and portrayed by Asian actress Claudia Kim. Um, and surprise. Uh, and I don't mean that in like a, a, a to, to denigrate them. But people are not happy about this. And and at this no. point, it's like, I, I mean, yeah, like, 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 who would be? Why would you be? Um, and why does J.K. Rowling keep doing this? When will she learn? The answer is never. 
And the answer is because she doesn't care. And it's just this is this is like touched a raw nerve for me with like my love of this series and like it's a real grim reminder of just like it's like whenever Morrissey says something stupid and I'm like reminded like oh I really I really like the Smiths fuck or like when Kanye is like damn Kanye sure sucks at the moment I really liked Kanye West like like yeah. Drake stop texting 14 year olds um you know lots of shit like this is happening at the moment but uh, JK Rowling stop doing this stop stop being why, racist why stop. couldn't uh, you know <laughs> Why couldn't this just be a separate character? This is like yeah. a separate, I mean, it's the wizarding world of Harry Potter, but why, why, you know, it's just, I guess all we know, the, the movie's not out yet, is that, you know, Nagini is a, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I'm trying to summarize it in like, uh, but she's, it's just kind of rotten to its core, honestly. There's no like, non-offensive way to go about it. Like, she is an Asian character in a freak show in the thirties in France. Right. Like yeah. that's the, like, not like, like you're starting from a, a rough position, no matter what here. Um, right. And, and I mean, and I mean, to, to be clear, like this is that there is that it is that character in a story about white people. Yes. Right. Like yes. it is not, <laughs> it's not trying to subvert anything it is not it is not telling her story it is a story about about white wizards and the things that they're the wacky wacky stuff that they're up to yes Um, so and then like the cherry on top is that this character that we are introduced to because she wasn't a character before is eventually going to become the pet slash slave of a genocidal white hitler figure yes and and have her head cut off by neville <laughs> with, a, with so, a with a cool english sword um yeah it's wow. like <laughs> like like there is there is no angle that this works at really because this is this is playing into i mean this is playing into so many things like like one uh broadly let's talk about like asian characters in harry potter in general uh have not i mean like is there one aside from cho chang up to to this point um uh there's patil and um oh yes uh body yes yeah um uh so the next big shot we get at this is nagini the human woman who becomes a snake slave um i I, like at this point do you think jk rowling is like aware of stereotypes do you think she knows what they are because like taking a little aside here we we've been reading um about a a lovely ya self-published author colleen hauck who writes a very (laughs) problematic (laughs) series called the tiger's curse which like not making excuses for it it is extremely problematic it it, it has many of the same problems here um but when you watch her videos of her explaining here the top 10 things that happened in my cool book the tiger's curse i really get the impression that she just like does not know like like what is what she's doing or like you know why what she's doing would be considered problematic or or offensive with jk rowling I can't imagine that nobody has pulled her aside at this point and 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 said, "Hey, 
what are you doing? She's friends with so. I mean, she's friends with like John Scalzi, who is like. I don't mean to like be, you know, I'm not calling John Scalzi out here, but like John Scalzi is like a, a famous author on Twitter who is constantly talking about social issues and representation in books and stuff. I'm pretty sure she's friends with like, like Saladin Ahmed, like, like um, she's friends with people who surely are telling her what the, what the problem is here. I mean, I, um, I, we see how she reacts to criticism. Oh yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's, I mean, it's, def- it's, she's on the defensive. Um, right. Can I, I mean, it's, yes. Can I can I read her her response to a tweet criticizing her about the trailer here? Yeah. Uh, can you read is... the criticism though? Because part yes. of the, the good part of this is that it doesn't respond to what the person is saying at all. Yes. the The original tweet is, you know, we get it. You didn't include enough representation when you wrote the books, but suddenly making Nagini into a Korean woman is garbage. Representation as an afterthought for more woke points is not good representation. Okay. Here's JK's response, which I read immediately in the Rogue Squadron uh, ship <laughs> description voice from the N64, because it just starts with the Naga, or snake-like mythical creatures of Indonesian mythology, hence the name Nagini. They are sometimes described as winged, sometimes as half-human, half-snake. Indonesia comprises a few hundred ethnic groups, including Javanese, Chinese, and Batawi. Have a lovely day, snake emoji. Like, one, does not address anything that was said. Number two, is this your defense? Like, it's... I I had to read the tweet, like, a few times, because I was like, wait, what is she... I was like, did she respond to the right right thing? Right. Like, it looked uh-huh. like she was just like... It looked like it was a response to a question where someone was like, how'd you think of this idea? Yeah. But <laughs> like, um, here's the wiki entry for Naga. Like uh yeah i mean we should really break down what it is that is so like revolting about this i mean i'm sure that we don't have to tell our audience this but we should do our due diligence it's like sure like the concept of uh of the subservient like asian woman is a really pervasive shitty thing in pop culture and has been for a very long time it's hand in hand with a lot of european specific orientalism exoticism uh you know pervasive issues in in literature and 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 film video games you name it like like this is a this is a this is not new um and it is it is it is wild how many like if it was if it was a thing where like any one of these things were a factor in the story and you could say like well interesting character kind of plays into some tropes or whatever but you know there's something there but this is like it's like it's like a like a fucking like like bullseye on every single way you could do this wrong like Mm -hmm. she's like pretty pretty asian woman in the circus in in europe like woo like that's already a little okie dokie uh turns into turns into a snake okay sure like like we all know that's like not great imagery like the asian asian dragon lady kind of yeah well it's it's two it's two pronged it's it's like yeah yes. asian dragon lady shit and then it's also like snake eyes is a pretty like yes you know f- offensive portrayal of 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 asian people uh in a lot of like media and caricature and and uh especially in a movie like that is set right before world war ii um you know like Ugh. like 
playing into some really nasty shitty stuff uh but then not only that not only does she have that it is she literally turns into a slave like that is her fate we know she is doomed to become uh, a slave who is milked for venom by the villain to survive like it's there's no value in this whatsoever it it hits everything so like it it just it's almost unbelievable like it's it's too much like like we all predict this right but i don't think we were expecting it to be quite this awful yeah wow uh yeah you you did a, a good job of of kind of going over the 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 big the big points of all of it better than I could have. It's just, it's, it's a little bit shocking. And then having people be upset and seeing her uh, at this point being willfully ignorant because she's, she's not interested. Right. I mean, it's not, this isn't, she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't get it. Right. But there's no, there's no curiosity. There's no attempt to understand. Um, And it's not like this is her first misstep. Right. Like, it's not like after the first time she took a, took a, a curiosity to try to understand maybe you know why people are hurt because that because that's what it is i mean pe- people yes. are hurt this these this series means like a lot to uh, you know a lot of people and and they're you know they're betray- like it's it sucks and she just isn't interested she doesn't care right. at, at this point um yeah which it, is... and it just it it's even from a storytelling perspective it's it's bizarre right like there is i mean you were you were suggesting like you know why even why does it have to be nagini why like you could tell this story without her being nagini and i think that there's like i could almost see what the glimmer of the idea was originally right so like for one okay credence barebones somehow survived the first movie even though he got lit up by like 50 cops at the I'm, end starting, of the movie. I'm starting to feel like i didn't even understand the first movie because i i don't get this like this movie seems like standalone to me i'm like why yeah. is he back is this a different is this an alt- I, I don't understand what the point of the end of the last movie is if creed yeah. is just like hanging out with nagini but the thing the thing that's looming that i think sucks is so like like i i can see the the the, the skeleton of an interesting story here for these characters it's like okay credence is a character who has like a horrible curse that he can't control and is trying to control. And Nagini is also in a similar position. She is a, if you have not like read what the new, the new like term is, it's a maledictus, which is a, a woman who is cursed to turn into an animal eventually. And like, not like a werewolf or um, animagus where they can do it, you know, at will it's a, it's like a, the actual curse and she will just become an animal eventually. Um, and so, like, there's an interesting dynamic there, right? Like, you can see why these two characters would gravitate to each other. And you can also see, on paper, why a character like Newt would be interested in trying to help them. Because he is obviously, like, you know, he likes to help misunderstood beasts or whatever. And, like, he, but he's also not good with people. So he's, like, having to kind of do both. He's like, you know, like, these these are people who have the beast within or whatever. And he's <laughs> learning to... to, to I, like like it seems sure. this seems yep. obvious right like like okay yes. i can see where you got here here's the problem uh we know that nagini this the human woman turns into a snake and yep. and there's like this really fatalist like 
like no point in helping people who have problems thing to, to this that I'm really dreading. Like, like some people are just beyond it, I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll see if like Nagini is the one that ends up doomed. Well, because we know she is. Um, and maybe yeah. Credence comes out okay. Um, you know, because he's. I... It sucks so much. Also, like the the blood curse thing passing down um, from like women in a family is so jk rowling um it's so weird i like i I am not i don't get i i also maledictus is a like if we want to get really technical uh uh, that is if if we are like pulling this out of latin maledictus would mean it was a male gendered term uh like I don't like this is like the least important thing criticism here, but like shouldn't it be maledicta if it's if it's a if it's only women, um, but <laughs> like totally not relevant I guess, but just just a weird thing, but yeah it's <sighs> Nagini the snake actually a human woman and like like just what value does this add to the original story by linking these two right by you know by linking the two stories with this character when there's already characters that are in both i mean we have dumbledore as like the link right like yeah like, yeah i was like, going to say like we we aren't uh fantastic beast scholars we're harry potter scholars here so <laughs> how, so how does how does this how how do you feel we just read the frank chapter and we encountered nagini so how how does uh nagini being a human woman enhance your your reading of of the frank chapter huh? <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't it just it just all i think now is when i see nagini instead of thinking like oh that's that scary snake i'll think oh that's that scary snake that used to be a human woman like it doesn't it doesn't change anything because it's like the other thing too is that as far as we can tell from like how the curse works is that it's not like she is cursed to be in snake form or whatever but like still has her mind like 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 you know McGonagall when she turns into a cat or whatever it just seems like she turned into a snake like and just like a really the, evil snake yeah and like is not that person anymore um and so there's no value there either like uh Jenny Nicholson the 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 vlogger reviewer critic she had a great great series of tweets where she was just like like who was asking where the snake came from? Like, why do we need to know where the snake came from? I just see it and see like, yep, that's a snake. Like I don't see a snake and go, why do I, where did this come from? Who put the snake here? Like, 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 like who cares? It's a snake. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that this, this part of it falls into um, like another kind of criticism, which is the adding interest to, a world by connecting characters for no mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm. um and it's like the like puzzle to be solved style yes of, of of reading that that just really doesn't do anything for me like i just don't i just don't give a shit that nagini is a human woman and and when i see when i see the character in the fantastic beasts movie me knowing that it turns into voldemort's snake later like it doesn't change anything it doesn't matter. The, yeah, it's it's wholly negative. There's nothing that is gained for Nagini as a character here. All that is happening here is that 
we we get a little bit of some like racist stereotyping that we didn't have before um like just like also like weird demeaning implications like 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 okay I will not go as far as the people who don't seem to understand that you can milk snakes for venom, but it still sucks, right? That that's a that like that is the the thing she exists to do is to like be milked by Voldemort for her venom so he can yeah. live. That's still shitty and demeaning, but I will not. I would like to remind everyone that that just because the phrase is milked doesn't mean that he's literally drinking her breast milk. That's not what's yeah, going this on is here. Just, this Please is stop P- tweeting this that a, shit. This is a little PSA. <laughs> yeah that when you, you can when milk you get a snake. venom when you get venom out of a snake it's called milking it it's not, nothing to do with breasts or yeah it's or, it's, uh, yeah. or actual milk yeah it's yeah, just so venom. please calm down with those tweets they are not good <laughs> no um yeah I, I also this like opens up such a hilarious and annoying um avenue for like every puzzle solver theory crafter person still involved with harry potter because now every female character could just be a maledictus like that's the that's the new hot theory there was a theory like immediately after the trailer uh on on carlin bros which is like a very popular harry potter pop culture channel it goes like oh here's my theory about how luna is a maledictus it's like number one luna moon kind of like a werewolf right uh okay number two uh, her sons, if you combine their names, you get Lycan. Uh, I didn't, even, that's I didn't also- even know Luna had sons. I didn't. I, I, think child, I, baby. I think I blocked out the epilogue also. So I, I, I don't know about any of that. Um, yeah. Also, you know, this is huge for us because now we have to have the conversation about whether Mrs. Norris fought in the Battle <laughs> of Hogwarts again. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, Mrs. Norris. Uh, there, there were there were two threads already last night that I saw that were saying, "Is Mrs. Norris a maledictus of Mister Filch's wife?" Like, this is chaos. This is this is Pandora's box has been opened, and now every female character. Wow, uh, Luna's mom's just... name is Pandora, uh, and Pandora is you know <laughs> opened the Pandora's box, which let all the evil out into the world. Um, but you could think of that as Luna's mom releasing evil, which is the curse, into her daughter. Damn. Um, so there you go. Damn, it's true. Yeah. Well, people are rightfully upset about this. Um, there are, uh, you know asian writers who who can speak to this much better than i can specifically about the you know the nitty-gritty details of, of why this is such a disappointing turn of events but like the basics are pretty obvious i feel like like yes. and that's what shocks me about this is that like if this isn't even this isn't like even really stepping into like esoteric problematic territory where it's like oh you could you know you could write this and like just not know that you were treading on something that was potentially offensive right there's lots of smaller you know micro problematic things that you could can think of for characters that like could be innocent mistakes or like you know fairly detailed specific cultural um context clues that you might not be aware of that could be offensive and you know the best thing to do in that case is like apologize for it change it you know whatever move on um this is treading on such well established ground like the 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 western like 
obsession with subservient Asian women has been a thing in like pop culture for fucking decades. Like, like not, not a subtle, not a, not an obscure problem in as a trope. Right. I just, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get how she does it. She just doesn't care. She just, doesn't care. She just does what she wants. R- richer than God. Um, yeah. It, it really, you know, a part of this, I mean, there, there are so many parts of this. I just like, I'm really struck by um, how much care and attention she puts into all of her white characters at mm-hmm. all times. It seems like um, I'm not saying that the like naming conventions and all of that aren't extremely obvious. Like, obviously we have a werewolf character named, remus lupin um but there's just like a like she she i mean like as far as like asian characters are concerned it just seems it seems like laziness it's like she goes with the first thing that pops into her head right i mean like like we've talked before about like why cho chang was such a hot button issue at the time right like yeah and it's like that issue where it's like well, yeah, like may, maybe that name makes could could potentially exist, right? But it it's like the the truth, like getting to the heart of it is more just like it's the first thing that she thought of. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 the trap that a lot of writers fall into that like ranges from just like like probably pretty innocent, probably just didn't think about like things like outside of your own sphere. But like she does this with with nearly every character who isn't white in Harry Potter is like immediately described as such. Like we know Lee Jordan is black and has dreads uh, the minute he's introduced. That is like the, the one physical descriptor we get of him. There's Dean Thomas, who is described as a you know tall black boy in line um, at the sorting hat scene um yeah and, and uh, gets cut out of the book about racism <laughs> yes, by the way. Got cut out of chamber of secrets uh had a had, yeah had a whole arc in chamber of secrets that got cut out um uh yeah like or they are like easily identifiable by name which is like you know cho chang and, and the patil sisters um mm-hmm. um it's just a bummer like like um everyone else in the series just gets like the benefit of being like described by their actions and 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 personality and and you know their traits and stuff no one ever says like oh professor lupin was a was a tall shaggy white guy you know <laughs> like like that, that's not how he's introduced everyone else you know uh, sorry, you have to you have to be labeled immediately and then never described physically again. It's like that's already a problem. Um, but it, like you know, as it, I, I would say that is a problem, but definitely one that like falls into like the category of like probably never thought about that too actively, right? Because when you know, if you were a white writer, like and you were thinking of characters who aren't white, like that is probably the first thing on your mind. It's definitely good to think about improving the way that you you write uh characters outside of whiteness but like it's one of those things where like you see it and you go like eh, okay understandable i guess shitty but this is way more active and uh, yeah yeah like, i guess i guess offensive like, like yeah i mean I, i've said this like a few times episode and it's it's the it's the like if, if you're not challenging yourself and and doing better than 
like you're still political because you're maintaining the status quo in your yes. heart. And that's like kind of the level that a lot of her stuff is on, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then this this one is like, oh, this is actively shitty. Like you you are actively like like this is just like this can't be an accident i don't know this requires more actively harmful thought the a lot of other a lot of these other problems are like and and again not not worth not talking about you know like it's definitely good to point this stuff out and, and improve and think about how to improve you know art uh but they are they are products of not thinking this feels like the product of actively thinking harmful things like you know um yeah it just feels different it and it's um uh it it sucks and i sympathize with people who are you know big fans who were who are kind of taken aback by this there's i've seen like a lot of people who like this has been kind of like you know you and i may have had this moment with harry potter way earlier in our lives and experiences Mm -hmm. with harry potter but like a lot of it seems like a lot of people are having the moment now of realizing that like actually jk can be kind of shitty sometimes uh and i hope that it i hope that some of the criticism gets to her this time you know and it won't no judging by the the response that she's i was like i was ready for her her response to the criticism on twitter and it came fast and stupid so (laughs) yeah wow yeah it won't but i hope it it does i hope something gets through her skull um it just surprises me like in a broader sense it just like highlights how protected you are from criticism at a certain level because again i i see the sphere you know i see the the crowd that jk rowling runs with online and like she hangs out with a lot of you know talks to and retweets and, and supports and boosts a lot of authors who are way better at this stuff than she is um mm-hmm. and is it like does she not actually care what those people think very likely uh are those people afraid to lose jk rowling as an advocate for their work also very likely and i sympathize with that as well it's um, we we talked on our bonus episode about how weird it is that like you know we have all these like harry potter youtubers like tessa netting who seem like they are very in tune politically with this kind of thing and everything else but harry potter um <laughs> and and how it you must feel a little uh uh like caught between a rock and a hard place between like okay like do i rock the boat here and um potentially lose my you know my my livelihood by by alienating a bunch of harry potter fans who just want like uncritical fan content uh versus you know (laughs) speaking truth to power i guess in this situation it sucks like like i can see it going either way or even both ways like like is JK Rowling just like too important of an ally to lose in the literary world? Probably like, like I would imagine that like not having JK Rowling on, you know, in your court, if you're like trying to pitch to someone or whatever, probably, probably a big deal. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, this is probably why we keep getting snubbed. 
<laughs> yes, JK keeps on hearing. Yeah, she's like, oh, those, those fucking podcasters. They, oh, did you hear the last one? They, they were talking about Molly Weasley could shoot cream out of her wand. It was disgusting. <laughs> they were making phallic jokes and making fun of making fun. They, they kept on repeating the yini. The snake is a human woman, as if that's a stupid idea. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm. So angry, I'm going to build a third treehouse. I I think I'm sure our invitation to uh like the the wizarding world to be escorted uh, by Tessa Netting was like in the mail, but it got like a stop order. <laughs> like no, <laughs> get that get that back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, it's yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll take it though. It's worth it. Yeah, we'll get there one day. We like I said, we just need to build like a like a a stealth uncritical presence elsewhere yeah one one day one day god willing we will be we will have enough influence that we can like show the numbers to wb or 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 jk rowling or whoever you talk to yeah okay whatever yeah like like we have we have so many patrons and so many fans and they'll be like yeah sure come to the wizard world and then we can be like nice butterbeer is it a and w or is it uh the safeway <laughs> cream soda <laughs> yeah yeah we just we just gotta work on our reactions more um here, try this one on for size are you ready okay hey hey zc yeah did you hear nagini's a human woman i thought that was pretty good yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get there that's about as lot. That's about that's about all I've got in me. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that that really took it out of me. Um, yeah, you did a good job though. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I do want to touch on maybe maybe the funniest thing to me that has come out of all of this, and it is all of the people that are coming out of the woodwork that all thought the python from Book One was Nagini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about this. The the people. <laughs> a large contingent of people going hey there was number one it's the they thought that nagini literally had like human breasts that gave milk to voldemort that's number one <laughs> yeah number two is that nagini was the snake that said thanks amigo in the first harry potter book which to be fair to be fair imagine how funny that would be if Voldemort's right hand lieutenant was a fucking snake with like a, a like a fake like Brazilian accent or whatever who just like said called everyone amigo and like I don't know think of any other offensive stereotype J.K. Rowling could come up with for this character like like oh we could have had that uh, all of these everyone just these tweets like oh she was in the zoo what was she how'd she get captured by the zoo can't believe Harry let, <laughs> let her out as she would have been stuck there in the zoo the whole time. <laughs> Damn, there's two stuff. snakes? <laughs> this is getting confusing. Two snakes? Um, I haven't been this confused since I played Metal Gear Solid, the twin snakes for the Nintendo <laughs> GameCube. It's confusing <laughs> there, too. I can only imagine one snake at a time. I have snake object permanence problems. Yeah, well, we can all relate to that. Um. <laughs> why i haven't installed my toilet basilisk yet in our bathroom yeah you yeah because yeah if, if you 
like you think you want a toilet basilisk um but then so, if you yeah. if you see another snake after you've installed it it it's like your brain what's reboots. my toilet You're basilisk like, doing here what's, yeah what the fuck do i need to go home did i um, did i leave the door unlocked uh-oh <laughs> um so yeah so that is a very funny uh, um, uh, th- so. that, uh, I would like to be clear that this has popped up so much that J.K. Rowling has responded to it yes. by saying, I thought I shot down that theory years ago. So good. <laughs> uh, gotta shoot down those fan theories. Gotta shoot down those fucking theories. Uh, which is so, Which is so funny, too, because I think... Once upon a time, I am sure someone asked, like, oh, is Nagini an, an Animagus or something? Um, and I think we've established that um, that, uh, that that J.K. Rowling kind of hates uh, fan, fan fiction, fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, but she also, like, clearly i think is mining it for ideas at this point um i'm starting to wonder if we will see some other like popular fan theories uh uh like kind of become obviously none of the ones that involve characters being queer because she would not do no that. oh that would be too far no. absolutely um, not but she would uh uh i don't know like like maybe she'll she'll include some dumbledore's death stuff in the movies coming up or oh good um, good stuff what if what if in the post credit sequence uh jude law like uh goes to goes to bed camera zooms out and it's like zooming out and like all of a sudden like the like the screen gets like ripply like it's water or something and it keeps zooming out and it's a pensive and then it zooms out even <laughs> further and rupert grint is there and he's time traveling dumbledore wow this is just like hamlet it's like a dream within a dream it's a, fuck it's <laughs> please listen to our bonus episodes they're really good um uh, <laughs> I, i'm getting mixed up that's just my review of hamlet um oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm feeling a little bit dream within a dream right now an episode within an episode yeah um, I, i'm in the dream where nagini's a human woman um oh sorry that's reality oh no yeah the, uh, wow anything else to say on nagini who is a human woman <sighs> yes actually one more thing yeah go for it take uh, it take it away. okay sure um so setting aside how shitty this is I would like mm-hmm. to talk about a little bit more about how it functions in this story, because yeah. I think that Harry Potter works fine with snakes being uh, <laughs> like having language and being able yeah. to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. I think this makes that insane. Uh, and in like in Fantastic Beasts, like the tone of the Fantastic Beasts movies and then having like snakes have language and can be talked to if you know the language but mm-hmm. voldemort's also talking to this lady in snake language who who also was a human woman like i feel like this mm-hmm. just like casts a really dumb spotlight on a like something that you maybe not don't want to look too closely at yeah it's something that i was happy to take for granted yeah. uh previously like oh if you can speak the thing's language you can control it or whatever okay sure whatever makes sense um 
now it's a little weirder uh especially okay so when all this happened you know i think thankfully and quite rightfully a lot of the response to this even in places like the harry potter subreddit is like bullshit you did not plan this for 20 years yeah um, even the harry potter subreddit is calling this one out which is yeah is saying i'm happy lot. for yeah yeah um but they there are you know there's a small contingent i think of people who are clinging to this idea and there are, are a lot of people pointing to like one line where dumbledore says like oh um he seems to have a lot of control over nagini even for a parcel tongue right uh which is already like like before this it was just like oh i guess that just means that voldemort's really good at parcel tongue right like like or, that or was just how like I oh he's so insanely twisted like he he, he found yeah. a twisted monster that he likes a lot like that to me characterized voldemort more than nagini who was more just than nagini who was yeah i, I mean <laughs> um, i don't know if all snakes are evil in this unit it, it's like a whole they, bunch of stuff yeah. that i don't care about there's a lot i mean w w snakes seem to be inherently evil in like a very funny like ye olde christian way in harry right. potter which is which is 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 very goofy um but uh now that line to me suddenly has a very offensive and shitty connotation to it that it did not have before which is which is like damn he can control this snake like she was an asian lady or something like that yeah like, that is a, like this is this is like this quote is pulled out on pottermore like as like yeah. evidence and i'm like wait that's so bad yeah like that's whoa so not even fucked up yeah like not even like damn damn like more powerful than like a snake controlling voice he can control a lady like like yeah fuck off that's it's just horrible mm -hmm. it's 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 the one that it, okay i can understand even if i think it's a total lie i can understand wanting <laughs> to maintain the kayfabe that you plan this all out right like i guess yeah. you would probably never want to admit that you didn't i don't I don't no matter know why. How it is. I don't know why people can't be honest about about creativity. But okay, yeah, sure. I, I agree. I, I if agree. You, if you want to but... be mystical and you know, like, who's yeah. always there? Sure. Yeah. Um. So I can understand it sort of from that perspective. However, uh, if you are searching in your own work for stuff that will like support your 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 claim, is that the line you want to go with? Is uh, that the one? No, no. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> don't go with. Don't go with that one. Yeah, is that really the best one you got? Because yeesh, um, um, maybe not uh, the one you want to like draw attention to. Obviously, we want to be hired as writers. Um, oh yeah, uh, by WV, um, mm -hmm. and I just like to present an alternate uh, reality. Um, yeah. Where instead of Nagini showing up, like if we have if we have to put, um, you know, a human human lady that later becomes an animal, give us Mrs. Norris. Yes. Put put human lady Mrs. Norris in, please. That would be so much better. Human Mrs. Norris would be hilarious because Mrs. Norris is like at least somewhat characterized, right? <laughs> like like she's she's sneaky and conniving and and a, and a rules lawyer right like you can kind of at least imagine like what kind of person uh 
Mrs. Norris could be, right? Yes. Like, I can almost understand why people want that, um, want I mean, that it's, theory it's still to be stupid, because I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I really, like, get no satisfaction from being like oh this character is the that other character i know or is like related to them in some way i don't really get that whole thing i would just it doesn't enhance stuff for me but if it must be it should be mrs norris please show sorry, us Filch's wife I, show us Filch's wife sorry i just i just pulled up the reddit to see if there's anything anything new going on with this nagini reaction sure um just found this this post where you know it's someone linking to an article a usa today article called a racist misogynist disaster uh twitter slams claudia kim's fantastic beasts casting um to be clear i don't think this is claudia kim's fault no um not at all this is this is on jk rowling uh completely uh so top comment here i really feel this is just more pseudo outrage and the point is to shut down fantastic beasts because of johnny depp yeah for what? sure that's yeah because of johnny depp oh one day we're gonna have to talk about the weird johnny depp fan contingent on twitter who all seem to be from brazil and love johnny depp circa pirates of the caribbean i saw a lot of i saw a lot of posts after um after this trailer dropped where it was like haha take that johnny depp haters and i i don't <laughs> understand those posts at all i'm like take what what are you talking about <laughs> yeah um uh, just just ain't great no just just uh i i gotta say i just wasn't expecting to have this like caliber of stuff to talk about on this podcast yeah you know when you sit down and say hey do you want to do you want to read through those books we we used to really like and talk about them you never really think that there's going to be like this much news happening constantly each week yeah so i guess this was kind of this was a this was a discourse heavy uh day we had here yeah at the the shriek shriek shrieking shack it's true it's true but you know like i i i would feel bad if we had not talked about this uh oh yeah we had to we have to it is i would i would you know we are not in a position like you know a popular youtuber would be or whatever where like we would have to weigh like oh should we talk about this or we're gonna risk losing all our stuff thankfully i think we have managed to build an audience who's pretty receptive to this stuff and i'm thankful for that so we can talk about what is actually going on you know in in harry potter and media broadly um and uh i would just like to say too like like if if you have any comments on this or like criticisms on how we talked about it if, if you know if we did not handle this well you know feel free to write in and and uh and give your feedback on that um or your own experiences you know if you if you are you know maybe closer to the fire as it were uh you know if, if you happen to like be or know uh asian harry potter fans you know uh who are pissed about this uh rightfully so um yeah yeah absolutely yeah so i think i think that'll do it for us um uh and on that note i will say our theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon you can check them out on Bandcamp. thank you so much to them for letting us use that as our theme uh we have bonus content we have lots of bonus episodes hitting now we're doing them we're doing them uh 
in the morning before we record now these these little uh common room chats we're calling them um i said common room jam at the beginning of it uh and i said common room chat right now it's just (laughs) it's it's the common room (laughs) um and uh but but they're a lot of fun um you can hear liz singing uh this is the new shit on one episode i I recited it i don't reciting this is the new shit by marilyn manson i don't i don't have um the lovely voice of of mr marilyn manson so (laughs) i cannot cannot uh cannot do that one my voice is very tired from practicing all my reactions so oh yeah yeah we we, we get one reaction or, or a song you can't do both yeah um uh, so yeah, so subscribe if you want to hear hear us talk about uh, uh, whatever. That's that's the that's the plot of those bonus episodes. Um, we also have more heavily researched ones, like our Satanic Panic one, and some more coming up. And our email is streetcast at gmail If you'd like to write in with any stories, comments, questions, blah blah blah, we will try and get to those when we can. Um, and Liz, I guess we need to talk about this on air live this time because we forgot. Oh uh, what are we? What are we reading this week? Uh, you know, I feel like we're definitely still in the kind of play it by ear uh, with this book, just because of the things that happen and how the chapters are structured. So let me let me grab my book and see see what I'm what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm so, thinking probably two, but I'm yeah, because they're a bit longer it looks like and it looks like we're yeah. finally Actually, getting the port key is the port key is very very short i think yeah or maybe i'm flipping through this wrong it is and um, then but... bagman and crouch is a bit longer yeah bagman and crouch so i think we can do two this time okay yeah let's do um, that let's do two uh that always has the upside of you know what every time we do fewer fewer episodes or fewer um chapters in an episode that just means more lovely episodes true um, that's true so there you go oh <sighs> And I think the, with the way that the Harry Potter franchise is at the moment, the way things are going, uh, if you are feeling like reading anything, I would strongly urge you to please read another book. Please, God, read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean raw seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a eye, because this hot mama. It's just a cat in disguise.